You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Today I want to introduce verse 22. Paul is now headed toward the guillotine. His head is going to be severed. And the Bible says, and now I go bound. It's a powerful word. It means arrested. He wasn't arrested yet with chains, but he was arrested in his spirit. For it says, I am bound in the spirit under Jerusalem. And here's our message today, not knowing. We are controlling people. I want to know what's going on. I want to know about tomorrow. I want to know how to deal with things. But life is not about knowing about tomorrow. Life is not knowing. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. But I know who holds the future. I know who holds my hand. You know, I don't know what uh, is happening in your life, but we like, to, we like to control our difficulties. We like to control our sorrows and our disappointments. We all like to control the situation. But our future is known only to God. The Bible says, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. You don't know, but God forbid, I I hesitate to say this. It may be this week that your mate walks out on you. You pastor a larger church like this, and for uh, 46 plus years, I've heard it all the time. She left. He left. You cannot control that. Maybe we could have done something back here to prevent that. But now when that decision is made, you can't change it. Sometimes they come back, rarely. Because there's someone's always drawing that heart away. It may be this week that you hear, I'm leaving. It may be this week that your son or daughter says, I'm done with this Christianity junk. They begin to attack Christianity like Christianity is the problem. Some of you parents are going to have to get used to sitting in church without your kids and have rejected the things of God. But I put them in a Christian school. We read the Bible. We prayed. I understand that. But there's still the world, the flesh, the devil. There's still money. And they that love money will pierce themselves through with many sorrows and hurtful lust. I've never seen it like I've seen on this day today nationwide where kids will cast off the faith of their parents and the heritage that God has entrusted to their care. And I don't care if I hurt my mother. I don't care if I hurt my father. I don't care if I hurt the name of God. I want my life. A lot of failures I've made in life, but I tell you what, when my mother was in that casket and my, my dad was in that casket, there's a lot of regrets I have with me, but I didn't have regret the way I treated them. You young people better, better pay attention to that. Now, some of you this week, and there's many in this auditorium like this right now, you have been forbidden. 
Some of it came as a result of COVID. You cannot see your grandkids. We don't want you in the house. We don't want you in the area. We don't want you around our kids. Our daughter-in-law, or a son-in-law, or a daughter, or a son. We don't want you around the grandkids. You, I, I, I could write a book on the horrific stories I hear. Now I'm talking about grandparents that are alcoholics and drug addictions and wicked and vile. I'm talking about grandparents that love God, love their family, have invested their life in, and all of a sudden some smart mouth girl or guy or daughter or daughter-in-law or son or son-in-law says, off limits, grandma and grandpa. We don't want you in our lives. Shame on you. Can I tell you something, grandparents, you can't control that. Not knowing. I have a very close relative that's home with the Lord. And her grandkids, godly Christian, never got to see the grandkids for years. It's a shame. It's a shame. I want you to know you cannot always control what the doctor says. I saw my dear brother Manuel Nunes this week, lives just a few houses down the street here, the cancer, and it's a very difficult situation right now. You can't control that. The doctor says, no more treatments, Manuel. I can't control the man I talked to on the phone this morning. He texted me through the night hour. I led him to Christ. I led his wife to Christ. He remembers here. They moved away. They said, Pastor, please pray for us. I need your prayers. His daughter took a bad injury last night through the night hours in Los Angeles. He said, I'm walking in in just a few moments. I want to have prayer with you. Because the doctor said, I've got to pull the plug today. As we're talking right now, undoubtedly at that hospital, in Southern California, University Hospital, they're pulling the plug right now on his 29-year-old daughter. told me I could tell you that. He was just in my office a month or so ago. His parents were just in my office. This church owes them so very much, this own property. At one time, they owned it. Now he's standing beside his daughter and having a, he never thought yesterday morning his daughter would be clinging to life today and it's over. Not knowing I cannot control situations. I cannot control, and I don't have this, but I cannot control a backslidden son or a backslidden daughter. I cannot control backslidden grandkids. We have 14, they're just wonderful. So please, I'm not referring to them. I cannot control my wife and she cannot control me. God forbid that it ever hurt that woman. You that sit here, so many of you sit and a husband or a wife has passed away young in life. We have so many kids in our Christian school and daddy's gone, our mother's gone. God bless those kids. But you can't stop that. The Bible says, Paul said, look, he said to these, these Ephesian elders, I'm going, I'm going now where God's called me to go me, take me, but, but while I'm going, I don't know the things that have befall me there. I don't know what's going to happen. You and I have no control over many events. I think we ought to stop trying to control what we can't control. Stop trying to control what you can't. I'm mad at God because here's what happened in my home. 
I've been here long enough, knock on doors. I'm never going back to church. My dad, he was was in a car accident. I prayed, God, spare my dad's life. He died. That's not right. I'm mad at God. My dad was a deacon, and he was a fraud. I'm not going back. It's not God that did that to you. It's human being, family, friends, whatever it may have done something wrong. Why is God always blamed? How about blaming God on the freedom we enjoy in America? How about blaming God on the fact that you live in a free country? Well, America, yes. And why is it the only country in the world they're knocking down the doors to get here? Because we're a nation that's been established under God. Our school song, Jennifer, a senior in high school, sang it here. What a powerful, amazing voice. Wednesday morning, high school senior graduation. She's now a senior. She sang our school song, My Life, Lord, is Yours to Control. You cannot control what you cannot control. Here's the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul begins to deal with this. When things don't go the way you want them to go, I find some, yes, grow in the Lord. And they live life with a heartache, but would try to have a joy in their heart. Most, when things go wrong, quit on God. It's one of the hardest things in pastoring people for so many years. I've watched people come up against adversity and they quit on God. And now the church is wrong and God is wrong and my parents are wrong. I'm glad Calvary wasn't that way. The last word out of Jesus' mouth was the word finished. It is finished. When preachers betray us, and when parents betray us, and parents hurt our life, whatever the case, you don't quit on God. That's when you need God more than ever. Not knowing. I want to point out some thoughts quickly. Look at what it says, verse number 22. I first find it's the uncomfortable place. It's an uncomfortable place. Now I go bound. I'm arrested. I'm I'm controlled by this. Now I go bound in the spirit. Do you notice that's a small letter S? When it's a small letter S, that is my spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit. My spirit is my prevailing attitude. I want to have a prevailing attitude attitude like Curtis Hudson had when I saw him in that pulpit. He was a strapping, great soul-winning preacher, America's soul-winner, great church in Atlanta, and he got down to about 80 pounds, and he sang in the pulpit, well, I'm on the winning side. So feeble, 61 years of age, passed away weeks later. So feeble, but he lived for God. I was on the radio this past week speaking about your dad, your dad, Dr. Wally Davis, my roommate at age 51, the last message he preached in this church before cancer took his life, the last message, it is well. Never met a man like your dad. Amazing man. Forgive me for calling by his first name. I said, Wally, 
Aren't you afraid? I don't know how, what it'd be like to get in that position, knowing that soon I'll be on the other side. He said, oh, it is well. All is well. It's okay. It is well. Spafford that wrote that song when, his, when he lost all of his holdings in the Chicago fire, wealthy men that funded Christianity, funded Dale Moody's meetings, R.A. Torrey's meetings, Alexander's meetings. When he, the Chicago fire destroyed his properties and his buildings and his houses, and his son had already died, and he sent his wife and the four girls across the ocean and that night there was a, out at sea eventually a, a, a storm and a wreck and his children were, all four girls all died there. He got a telegram from his wife said, saved alone. When he got to that place in the ocean when he was coming by ocean liner, to, they said, Mr. Spafford, we want you to know, we hope we're not wrong to you, but as far as we know, your little girls, all four of them are somewhere in this vicinity. We're passing over right now. And he wrote, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Here for this man was an uncomfortable place but he said, my prevailing spirit, yes, I've been arrested. Yes, I've been affected. Yes, I've been prevented. Yes, I've been fastened. It's in my mind. I can't get rid of it. Ears that are hard or bound by sorrow, it's an uncomfortable place. I notice, secondly, it's an unknown place. Yes, it's uncomfortable. I love pastoring this church. I just love it. It's just, my wife, we love it here. We just love it. We love our church. We love our people. We love being with you. And I tell you, there's been so many times we, we and you, all of us have been squeezed into an uncomfortable place. I'll get up through the night. I'll walk all over that house. I'll try to sit down. I'll try to pray. I'll read my Bible. I try to walk with God. It's uncomfortable. I think, well, tonight I'll get some rest, and that night doesn't get rest. And sometimes it's, you know, you say, well, you shouldn't be such a, afraid. You ought to, that's not of God. I know it's not of God. But you know what? You pinch me, I say, ouch, too. Pastor Lindentine, thank you for staying COVID, we lost 27% of the preachers in America. They quit. 46% thought about quitting. When your people need you the most, you can't quit. When your family that's away from God needs you the most to be faithful, you can't quit. Yes, it's an uncomfortable place, but I want to say it's an unknown place. Look what he said. And now I go bound in the Spirit, not knowing. I know not what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. Amen. It's a secret. That song was written in 1949. You probably know the story. I've probably told it somewhere along the line. 1949, Stuart Hamlin was in Hollywood, and it was a big star, and his neighbor was John Wayne. 
And Stuart Hamlin got saved. And I mean, he got saved. He had so much liquor in his house and the big parties. And next time folks came, there was no liquor. Hey, Stuart, where's, where's the liquor? He said, got saved, it's gone. He left Hollywood in the 40s. John, John Wayne said to him one day, he was witnessing his neighbor, John Wayne, and he said, Stuart, it's, it's, no, it's no secret what God's doing. And he then wrote the song, It Is No Secret What God Could Do. This song, he wrote it in 1949, known only to him. Life is so wonderful. I can remember my mother and dad about 50, 20 minutes from here, 15. My dad always put his arm around my mother when they'd sing. This really became this song famous and popular in the 1950s. And the song said, when my eyes behold the stars, my heart is filled with wonder. My poor mind cannot grasp it array. But the hand that spilled them there, that stars all across the wide heaven, had a plan that he placed it that way, known only to him. I don't know why you go through the sorrows you go through. I don't always like it. Our young school secretary, her husband and children are here today. Family to us passed away on January 11th. We make a habit, my wife and I, I've spent years out there walking to the cemeteries around this area where I've laid to rest people. We go out there almost every week, I think. The last couple of weeks, we may have got a little off track. And I'd take my wife, I'd, I'd show her, we just were out there. I said, here is where Brother Gil Bernardino's buried. Here's where Brother Alvin Martinez is buried, his, his, his dad is buried, and here's where his grandma's buried, and Here's where his two aunts are buried. And here's where his cousin, Anthony, your sweet husband, those beautiful children back there is buried. And here's where Joshua, bus kid that fell out of the edge, the ride over at Great America. That's where he's, he's buried. And here's Flight 93, 9-11. The stewardess, Nicole, is buried right here. And I go through place by place. I, I don't understand those markers because most of those markers are not old people. I took you, we stood out, this is Edward Burdell. I remember when his dad got saved and his mom in high school, our very first graduate 46 years ago. And I remember him saying to me on a Saturday, I was visiting Edward at 13, I think, at the time. He said, Pastor, when I pass away, make sure on my marker, it's Nahum 1-7. And there it is on his marker, teenage boy, Nahum 1-7. I said, Edward, how in the world would you even know how to find the book of Nahum? I'll never forget that day I talked to him. You know, we go through unknown places. Just unknown places. We had Mother's Day here years ago, years ago. Special day, like every year. And my mother and dad got in their car and they got here to where well, there's a jack-in-the-box down the street on Lafayette. And on that corner right there, a, a driver blew through a red light and T-boned them and nine people went to the hospital. I'll never forget that day. 
You know, the truth is, it's unknown. Thirdly, I want to be done. I'm, I'm a little late today. It's all Dave Webster's fault for singing. And it's my eye doctor's fault so I can see you. I can see you. I can see some of you are sleeping right now. I can see that right now. And some of you are clipping your nails. I can see that. I wasn't able to see that. And some of you are eating sunflower seeds. I, I see it all now. I see things that aren't even there. I remember things that never happened, and I lose things. That, Christmas is going to be great at our house. I'm still looking for some Christmas presents I wrapped last year. Can't find them, but I've got them for you already, honey. It's going to be awesome. You know, the Bible says not knowing. It's an uncomfortable place. It's an unknown place. It's an unavoidable place. Look what he says. Now I go bound in the Spirit under Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. In other words, it's going to happen there, but I just don't know what it is. I don't know how they're going to kill me. I don't know if they're going to take my head or if they're going to lance at me or torch me. There, I don't know what's going to happen there, but it happens. You can just count on it that the unavoidable happens. But God knows about all of it, whether it's uncomfortable, whether it's unknown or unavoidable. Can I close by saying this? I don't know. Not knowing, not knowing, not knowing. But I do know something. I know whom I have believed. First Timothy, and I am persuaded. I, I, I know that. And I know that all things work together for good. Don't understand it, but I know that. And I tell you this, knowing this, I know this, that a man is not justified by the works of the law. You can't work your way to heaven. It's a free gift. I had the joy of leading a man to Christ on an airplane this week, and it wasn't me. His wife had, I could tell she had prepared him. 42 years of age, same as our daughter. And he was so, we got in line at the the A section, A60 I was. And we got in line. And I began talking to him about the Lord. And we got separated. He texted his wife, I've been talking to a preacher. He might be watching. I, she said something like, that's wonderful. Everything I can tell, I, he didn't have the verbiage, but I think she must have been a saved lady. And finally, coming in from Los Angeles, from John Wayne Airport, second time we talked about John Wayne in this Baptist church today. <laughs> Flying in from John Wayne, we were probably at 15,000 feet, and finally it was all going together. And we're coming in, and he says, I want to do that, and bowed his head and got saved. You want to know something? I know that God worked that together for good. I wanted to sit next to my wife. We never fly together. She did not want to sit next to me. She was in the B group. But somehow God put us, I got in that plane in number 60, he was all, all those front seats, windows, and aisles were taken. And I said, do you mind, Jeremiah, if I sit right here? He said, come on in. 
Oh, it's wonderful. God knows the steps. He knows our steps. God, God knows everything for as much as you know that you're not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold, but by the uh, as received from the vain traditions of your father, but by the precious blood of Christ. I know whom I have believed. I know that the Bible says that the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God shall sound. The dead in Christ shall rise first. I know that 1 Thessalonians 5, 2, the Lord will come like a thief in the night. But he's coming again. This little little phrase, not knowing. Brother, brother, Jose, I, I, I've known for about several months I'm in this nine-message nine series. And that little not knowing has helped me so much. I don't know. I don't know, but today might be the day that God opens up blind eyes that I'm going to get saved. I don't know, but it might be your last opportunity that dear young man yesterday, this morning on the phone early, Craig, I've had so many good experiences with this family leading he and his wife to Christ in their backyard by the pool in South San Jose years ago. He's studying for the ministry right now. I didn't realize it that his dad and mom were going to be instrumental in getting us this property. I didn't realize that I'd marry his brother-in-law and sister 28, 29, Jesse and Malou years ago. God knew all that, but God knew that last night she was going to step off into eternity. God knows if you're saved. Some folks convince themselves they're saved, they're lost. I've preached way too long. We're over time. Let's stand together, please. Uh, Unknown. You sweet teenagers that are here, I wish you wouldn't have to go through all these experiences you're going to have to go through. It's a Sunday afternoon. I'll never forget when we got a call. Our niece was taken on the way home, going to the family farm, 23 years of age, in a car accident. And to fly across the country for her funeral. I didn't know not a result of COVID, that my sister would turn over in bed with her husband about 2 o'clock in the morning, and I got the call about 3. Judy just took her last breath. She's gone. She's gone. No warning. Life is but a vapor. What are you doing with it? Stop trying to control everything. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.